listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome to our show Benjamin Tights, a registered psychological associate in California working in clinical and forensic psychology. And he's currently a psychology doctoral candidate at California Southern University working on his dissertation examining the effectiveness of geek therapy in building rapport and therapeutic engagement with clients. And he's also uh, the co-host of two podcasts, Mental Health Quest, a podcast dedicated to destigmatizing mental health and explaining mental health conditions and treatments, and also My Hero Therapy, a podcast looking at the psychology of the My Hero Academia anime and exploring how we can be heroes in real life. Benjamin, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. I just it's an extraordinary um, um, uh, array of things that you look at, and, and there are so many things we can ask. I guess the first question for me, since you're focusing so much on mental health, is what to you is mental health, and how can we know when we need help, and how can we know where we find where we can find help? That is a, a very good question, and I think it's one that. Uh, I get asked a lot, and that was the reason why my friend uh, Charlene, who is my co-host of my of uh, Mental Health Quest, started the podcast, is because she's also a therapist, and we get that questions. So, how do people know when they need help? So, mental health uh, I would define as basically a state of well-being, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Uh, so that would mean that you are in a place where you feel good with your life overall, um, that whatever challenges you are facing are manageable, that you're not, uh, you know, too overburdened, um, the stress levels are manageable, physical uh, needs are being met, social needs, all that jazz. Um, it is important to note that mental health is different than mental illness, uh, which is a disorder, a biological brain disorder, whereby one's thinking, feeling, and behaviors are negatively impacted. Uh, but everyone has mental health. Everyone can take care of their mental health. Um, but sometimes, as I mentioned, we get overburdened. Uh, maybe uh, we are struggling in school. Maybe we are struggling with relationships. Um, maybe our thoughts uh, are increasingly becoming more negative, and we tend to beat ourselves up. Maybe we worry a lot. Um, I would say that in order to find out if you feel or if you feel like a loved one might be in need of mental health support, to kind of look at how are they doing in their day-to-day functioning? Uh, are they managing their responsibilities? Um, are they behaving differently than they used to, uh, than their baseline? Mm. Um, those, those can be um, some warning signs uh, that maybe they just might need a little extra support. And that's not to say that they have a mental illness per se, though if it is of a severe enough 
you know, uh, dysfunction, then that might be the case. But um, to seek out therapy is not always for people that have problems with their mind. Anybody can benefit from therapy if you just want a little extra support, maybe a third party to, to kind of listen to what's going on and offer you feedback, because that's what therapists are. We are neutral parties, and we can see things from a different perspective that maybe you weren't able to see because you're in the, in the situation yourself. Thank you. It's such a lovely introduction. When you're talking about therapy and, and you have this extraordinary idea of geek therapy, um, what, is, what is geek therapy? So geek therapy um, is basically the incorporation of geek culture elements uh, into evidence-based therapy practice. Um, it is um, a, a fairly niche uh, therapeutic modality and, and model um, that is becoming more popular nowadays, um, especially as uh, superhero movies from the MCU and, and uh, DC has become more and more uh, popular in, in pop culture. Um, but it's not always limited to superheroes. Uh, basically, it involves speaking the client's language of their interests. So if you have a client that, you know, yeah, they're struggling with depression or anxiety, and they go to any kind of therapist who, who's trained in dealing with depression and anxiety, the therapist might have the skills to deal with depression and anxiety, but they might not be able to reach the client because the language that they use isn't really fitting with the client's worldview or their interests, and hmm. there's a, a bit of a disconnect. So with geek therapy, you are using the client's interests, and they are the expert. So you, you talk to them about, okay, well, what do you like? Is there a TV show? Is there a game? Is there a comic book that you uh, feel connected with? And you go from there because they can tell you all about, you know, Batman's trauma, mm. but maybe they struggle to tell you about their own. But by talking about Batman's trauma, they can then start to learn about trauma as a whole and start to incorporate the lessons that you are going through in session into their own life. Um, I was first introduced to geek therapy, or also as it's called superhero therapy, by uh, Dr. Janina Scarlett uh, in San Diego, and she uh, does a lot of trainings about this. And the one thing that I really took from her training was that the client is the expert of their story. And so let them take the lead. You don't need to know anything about whatever show or movie or comic book that they like. They're going to teach you about it. Right. And that way, then you can collaborate and teach them the mental health side of things. See, I was going to ask, doesn't that demand a lot of the therapist who then needs to go and do the research on, oh, right, so this person is a Wolverine fan, so therefore I need to go and learn about Wolverine. But you're saying the opposite, which is, no, let them teach you, because in teaching you, they reveal a lot about themselves and what it is that they're wrestling with. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, granted, a lot of the therapists who do use this kind of approach are geeks themselves uh, and probably already know quite a bit, but are more than happy to binge watch a whole show just to be able to connect with the client. Uh, I am totally guilty of that. Um, so, you know, it, it, it helps to kind of strengthen the connection and the, the rapport between the clients, in my opinion, um, because if the client sees that you are taking an interest in what they like when probably a lot of people in their lives don't. Right. Um, even now, though, MCU movies are so popular and, blo you know, blockbuster 
you know, hits, for a lot of people, their social circles might not really see it as uh, a worthwhile endeavor, you know, might see it as childish, um, and parents might not uh, understand. And so to have the therapist who does understand and takes an active interest in it can really mean a lot for any kind. And this is not just kids, it can be adults also. I'm so moved on a genuinely personal level by what you're sharing um, because I have been a geek for since I was a child and for me it was an escape from some difficulties in my early childhood life Um, and the fact that it was an escape meant that I defined myself by things that people didn't see almost um, so uh, particularly um, role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons and things like that, which um, have been shown to be extremely helpful in in therapy and in uh, helping people come to terms with themselves. I, I saw an extraordinary thing recently about how when Dungeons and Dragons started, it was very much um, the young boys who were going out and wanting to slay dragons and so on, whereas now it's a lot of individuals who express their own sexuality through a character in a role-playing game that they say, no, I'm just, you know, this is just somebody who I want to be in this game. But actually what they're doing is they're revealing very often a part of themselves that they want to express, but they don't feel safe to express. So I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this in terms of, are, is the geek the real person? I guess that's, that's part of the question here. Is, is the geek side of a person, is that them expressing themselves in a way that they couldn't express normally? I, I would say, um, yeah, because th- this is where they truly feel whole and truly feel seen uh, and authentic, then I, I could definitely see the argument that yes this is their true self um you know there's a lot of times in everyday life we go around and we have very various hats that we wear various roles that we play um and a lot of times we are wearing masks as well Mm. um you know in society or someone asks you how are you doing fine how are you it's the same response every time it's a mask that people hide behind um but having a mask in and of itself is not a bad thing it just means that you are showing a certain side to a certain group of people uh, to keep you safe. You know, why do superheroes have masks? To protect their identity. Um, and to go on with uh, what you were talking about with the D&D and the role-playing games, absolutely, it is, you know, a way for people to explore anything, not just sexuality, but social skills mm. and communication skills in ways that they might not feel safe doing in quote unquote the real world, um, and nowadays it is becoming a very uh, common therapeutic modality. Um, Charlene, uh, my co-host of, of Mental Quest, that is her whole business is D and D therapy, um, and uh, I, I've, there's currently a lot of professional certifications and trainings in that. I've not yet done it myself. Um, might do that later on. Uh, I don't have money, so, (laughs) you know, unfortunately, these things do cost money. But, you know, it is a really unique way for uh, anybody, really, to kind of explore how do they want to behave and how do they want to be in their lives. Um, And people do show that through their characters because it's safe. Mm -hmm. If it's just a character, then they can keep that distance 
between something that maybe they are struggling with, but by working it out through the character, they're still learning those skills and are able to then apply it in the real world. We have to take a break. This is so extraordinary and so, for me, moving personally. And I hope for anyone who's listening um, with uh, uh, any kind of geekiness, because for, for so long, geekiness has been shunned as being uncool. But actually, it's it's so essential for ourselves when we find ourselves in a fictional character, when we see something in them that can be expressed in ourselves and i do see in in general society this move particularly perhaps after things like stranger things and particularly as you say with the mm-hmm. success of the mcu and the dc universe it's okay it's good it's healthy it's it's important to be able to say hey you know uh, i mean think of all the kids who saw ms marvel and turned around and say look i i i feel seen i feel represented and you know all the mm-hmm. kids who see ariel in the new little mermaid uh, who turned around and say look it's me she looks like me so this representation of ourselves projection of ourselves but also seeing things in superheroes and um in these other figures who we we can say oh i i see their pain or i see their struggle i I think it's fascinating so well i need to take a break but afterwards i i want to keep focusing on this geek therapy and superhero therapy and and what does it mean to be a hero So we have to take a pause. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Benjamin Tights, a registered psychological associate in California, working in clinical and forensic psychology, and also um, an explorer of geek therapy and my hero academia. And we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Benjamin Tights, um, who is a registered psychological associate in California, working with clinical and forensic psychology, uh, also currently a psychology doctoral candidate, uh, working on his dissertation examining the effectiveness of geek therapy. And um, we were talking before, you're bringing out my inner geek. Um, it, we were talking before about how important how healthy um, geek therapy can be and how important it can be for um, therapists to relate to um, the the people in front of them as they are the teachers through their geeky interests and I don't mean geeky in any way in a pejorative term Um, and you shared early on in the conversation you mentioned a thing about childish and you said some people see it as childish I, I want to maybe really bring that out and almost refute that straight out, Um, particularly because for me, it's interesting to see how 
Uh, for example, the origin of Batman. Um, you know, when you look at the original um, TV show um, and, and and how campy and ridiculous and nonsensical it was, you know, shark repellent spray and all this kind of thing, and how the character of Batman has evolved into this really deep, complex character um, of grief and mourning and pain and loss and so on. What do you say to people who say, well, it's just, that's child's things and superheroes are childish and um, it's time to move beyond them? What, what do you say in, in your work when, when you hear that kind of thing? I would say that people who are saying these things, they don't quite understand the impact um, of seeing these characters, seeing these heroes um, go through their journeys uh, the impact that that can have on anybody's life. Uh, because let's face it, we all have origin stories, uh, which is, you know, not always as traumatic as Batman's, but we all have moments in our lives that, you know, force us to make changes and influence the path that we take. Uh, and so if we all have these origin stories, then that means we all have the potential to be a hero in our own life because we are learning as we grow and we can see, okay, well, this is what happened to me and that has influenced my actions. Um, you know, a lot of times with people who struggle with trauma, uh, they do connect with these characters because of that shared experience. Um, and so I would argue that being a geek or liking superheroes is not childish, but in fact, it's actually very mature and it's a very adaptive trait. When you mention origin story, I love the idea that we all have our own origin story because the essence of the it's the hero's journey, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. When you say we can all be heroes, what you're not talking about is superpowers necessarily, are you? Um, because I think that's what most people think. Oh, Superman. Well, he is somebody who can fly. He can't actually fly. He leaps in a single bound and uh, he can see through walls and he's very strong. But actually, the essence of, of Superman is a um, uh, is an orphan um, who's alone and feels the compulsion to help and that's his his hero journey essence but he's he's an alien who helps and visits and is sometimes hidden and you know he's hidden as clark kent so what you're talking about is being a hero in a different way and just spell that out a little more for us of course so you're right we don't have superpowers we can't fly we can't shoot lasers out of our eyes uh we can't move things with our minds unfortunately. But we all do have strengths. We all do have powers that are unique to us. Uh, it could be, you know, our athleticism. It could be our ability to focus and concentrate, our ability to see patterns, um, our ability to empathize with other people mm. and to, to have that insight and perspective taking. Uh, so everybody does have strengths. Everybody does have powers. Uh, and that is what, you know, is really unique and important for us to, to talk about. Um, but when it comes to being a hero, we have to think about, well, what makes a hero? Right. Is it their powers? Is it the superpowers? Or is it something more personal? Is it something that is a very human trait? Um, you know, like you said, Superman is a hero not just because he can shoot lasers out of his eyes or fly and he's indestructible, 
but that he tries to help other people that he doesn't know, that he takes on this protective role for his adoptive home. Uh, that is not something that's science fiction. That happens in real in real life. So talking to people about, well, what makes a hero, it's a lot of times it's personality traits, it's character aspects. And that, those are also not uh, unique to science fiction. We can all have the attribute of bravery and courage uh, and, you know, being, you know, the kind of person that understands other person's pain. Um, so I feel like all of those can help us to be a hero in our own life, but it really all de- depend- de- de- depends on what we want in our life and what kind of hero do we want to be. Do we want to be the outgoing, active hero that helps other people in very overt ways, mm-hmm. like Superman? Or maybe we're going to be the quiet, little dark, and, you know, menacing kind like Batman. Right. Batman is still a hero, even though he he is a little bit more scary than Superman. Uh, but that doesn't make him any less a hero. And we all have those different aspects, so we can all be heroes, too. I once heard someone talk about um, in their therapy journey, um, they used to struggle with anger a lot. And um, they were also quite into um, geek culture and superhero culture. And they learned to slow down time. And um, what that meant for them was between the moment of something that would traditionally anger them and the moment of their reaction, they learned to slow down time like a superhero so that they could make other choices. And and I heard that and I was so moved by that and relating it to what you're saying in terms of, you know, you, you're not literally slowing down time, but what you're doing is finding a power within you that that is part of your hero journey that I think we all go through or can go through I guess that that leads to the, like does the past divine, define the present or does our past define our future and I'm guessing from from what you're saying in terms of the hero's journey it defines it but doesn't necessarily set it would that be correct Yes um but I wouldn't actually say it defines it influences us it okay. uh, it informs us um but no one's past, I think, defines us because that's very, you know, definitive and finite. Um, and a lot of times when people hear that, they can feel stuck. Um, so I prefer to talk to my clients about, you know, okay, this has influenced you. This has informed who you are. But that doesn't mean that that's going to be who you are for the rest of your life. Um, you know, when... Uh, so... When you're working with people who have struggled with trauma uh, or maybe, you know, people who are offenders, who, uh, who have done crimes, just because you've done something wrong or had something bad happen to you doesn't mean that that's it for you, that you're set in this way, that, you're de- that this is your whole definition. You are a person that has had these experiences, that has made these choices. And because you've made these choices, that also means you have the ability to make new choices. And just because you've had this experience means you also have the capacity to experience new things. I, I think it's fascinating when you when you mention almost the darker side because you made me think of 
I guess there's superheroes of Punisher, Rorschach, people like that, who are far more complicated um, and not just this. Um, I mean, I guess it's part of the DC Marvel difference. You know, when DC superheroes were created, they were essentially like gods, you know, Superman mm -hmm. and Wonder Woman in particular and Flash, you know, totally superhuman. Whereas when Stan Lee brought out Marvel and they were much more human and vulnerable. Um, and now we, we see these hero characters who are deeply flawed actually um but that means that they've made choices but as you say can make different choices mm -hmm. let me, yeah let me, absolutely and honestly i prefer those characters than the uh you know overpowered godlike mm. beings that are perfect because who wants to be perfect that sounds boring <laughs> let me ask you because since we're talking about geek culture and and how it affects us you know the the big star wars star trek debate you know i, I I'm, I'm gonna put my car i'm gonna put my cards on the table right now you know i have a tuscan raider outfit um and we own two cars in our family and one has a license plate tuscan and the other has the license plate raider um and um so we are a firmly a star wars family um but i don't reject star trek and i'll always watch a star trek movie when it, or a series when it comes out but it actually for me, it, I'm not necessarily asking you to declare Star Wars or Star Trek, um, but um, but for me, I've always found it fascinating because they're differing worldviews. Um, you know, mm -hmm. Star Wars is a world in conflict and trying to overcome that conflict, whereas Star Trek to me seems to be a world that has at least a humanity that has unified and is finding um, struggles and challenges elsewhere. And that's really made me think of like who I don't even know who is my favorite superhero. I wonder if part of the geek therapy and my hero therapy, I wonder if that's literally not just who we are internally, but also defining how we view the world. You know, people who prefer Star Wars over Star Trek view the world in one way and people who prefer Star Trek view humanity and the world in another way. Do you think this is about worldview as much as it is about about our own individual being and our own hero's journey? I think it definitely can be. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, the way that Star Wars and Star Trek views humanity is very different, but also very similar. In both of those stories, uh, humanity is trying to be better. Mm. Um, and so whereas one starts off with a quote-unquote utopian, you know, setting and still tries to improve itself, the other one has conflict and war, but still wants to be better. Mm. Um, and I, I think that, you know, with geek therapy, um, and this is something I learned from uh, one of the kind of, I guess, originators of geek therapy, his name is uh, Josue Cardona. Uh, he, he's the one that kind of really started talking about geek therapy is, you know, we all see the world in these different ways. And so what can we learn about ourselves from these stories? Um, and what can we learn about humanity from these stories? And I think it's a very great question to ask because there's an infinite number of answers. And I, I so appreciate you coming in onto this show and, and sharing this, starting to open this up. I had so many more things that I wanted to explore with you about mental health and the role of faith and spirituality. And honestly, I hope that you can come back and, and talk again about that because um, I think we've just touched on this, this really fascinating and important idea of, of geek therapy and my hero therapy. I really want to thank you for coming on the show this evening and, and opening that up 
and and validating geekiness and showing how important it can be. So so thank you for coming on our show this evening. Thank you for having me, and I would absolutely love to come back again and continue this discussion. So thank you uh, to Benjamin Tights, um, registered psycholo- uh, psychological associate and uh, psychology doctoral candidate. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing, opening up this really enjoyable, really important uh, aspect of mental health. I do genuinely hope that you'll come back soon. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again, In two weeks' time, keep searching.